Welcome to the debut episode of About Mansfield's Consumer Advice Series. Today's episode contains three 10-minute interviews, back to back to back. We have Adam Cohen talking about systemic delays in the IRS and how that may have an effect on your 2021 tax returns. Wealth manager Philip Washington Jr. talks about the falling stock market and how investors can protect themselves. But first, we start with the third leading cause of disability, migraines, with Dr. Joseph Adams. Enjoy. Chances are you or someone you know, I mean, this is, this is how big of a problem this is. Chances are some, you or someone you know suffers from migraines. And the topic today this morning, we have here on, on Zoom, Dr. Joseph Adams. By the way, this episode is brought to you by Calibration Chiropractic and Functional Health. Uh, we welcome Dr. Joseph Adams to the uh, Consumer Advice Series. Welcome. Thanks. Glad to have a, a chance to talk with you guys this morning. And l- let's start with you before we get into the topic here, because uh, just give the audience an idea of how many hours have you spent studying just migraines alone? Wow. Um, uh, I would say a couple of years, uh, if you had to do it didactically, like according to uh, school criteria, maybe 90 to 120 hours study. So can you think of, without naming names, is there anyone else here in the Mansfield area that has the level of expertise on migraines that, that you have? Um. It's possible, but I, I haven't really met him yet. So it's definitely a, passion, uh, definitely a passion of mine. And if there is somebody else who's a practitioner who's very passionate about it, I'd love to, to chat with them because that's definitely a population that needs a lot of help. All right. So let's call you Mansfield's foremost expert on migraines. Why not? That's a good All right. Title. Let's, let's get into the, the nuts and bolts. First of all, what is a migraine? Yep, that's a very good question, Steve. Migraines are, by their nature, a complex neurological disease. And I think that that's one of the biggest things people need to realize is I think a lot of times people mix up migraines with other types of head pain conditions. And unfortunately, for those that suffer migraines, it is a neurological disease that is only going to get worse without mitigation or treatment over the lifetime of a sufferer. And the best way to describe what's going on with a migraine is that people who have migraines are usually genetically predisposed to have them. And they are typically female. So a three to one, you know, oh, sorry, two, two out of three will be female. So a big preponderance for females to have them. And it is a neurological condition that's characterized by sensitivity. The migrainer's brain is very sensitive, and that sensitivity is what leads them to having all these different triggers that can bring about a pain syndrome. And, you know, one of the bigger things that, you know, we look at with migraines, you know, when somebody comes in and we're trying to decide, hey, is this migraine or is this a tension type headache, which is actually the most common head pain disorder, is what does it feel like? You know, is it something that they're having? only on one side of the face, or is it something they're having um, all over the face? And those are just some of the things that we we look at. All right. And how do people tell the difference between a migraine and, say, a, a simple headache? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's kind of what I was kind of leading into there is that, you know, a lot of times migraines and, and headaches, 
unfortunately can look very similar to the person who's not trained. And the diagnostic criteria for this is very, actually very hard if, if you look at the literature, but I'm gonna summarize it um, just so it's very easy for the consumer. And there's always you know, rules that can be broken in healthcare, if you will. But for the most part, a migraine is a headed pain disorder that is only gonna be felt on one side of, of the head. So it's not gonna go from you know, left to right. It's gonna be unilateral, so only on one side of the face always. And it has a couple other characteristics. One is that it's going to be more painful, pulsatile in nature. So, you know, like a throb to it, um, usually made worse by physical activity once it starts, can have nausea and light sensitivity. So if it's on one side of the head, it has the other, one of those other two criteria as well to go along with it, then most likely we're dealing with a, with a migraine and sometimes people actually have neurological changes before they yeah. have head pain. And I'm sure you've heard of that. It's called an aura. And then how does a person, all right, the migraine has started. You're sensitive to light. You, you basically have balled yourself up into the fetal position on a couch and thrown a blanket over to you. That's probably not the best way to treat a migraine. Help me out with that. Um, so if we're talking about treatment for migraine, you know, when you're having an attack, well, there's, there's a lot of options there. There's um, medications on one end, which is not, you know, my specialty per se. Um, I have a good amount of training on understanding what the different current approaches are. And then on the other side of the spectrum, there are um, therapies, there are supplements, there are um, other things that you can do, lifestyle factors. So it, there's a broad spectrum of, of treatment when you're in the actual phase and um, that's definitely something we're going to cover as we go through this series is what some of those things that people can do at home that are safe, minimal side effects, um, and are shown to be pretty um, effective, um, as effective some of these things as some of the med medications. Right. And this is not just a one-time interview. You are going to be here every week, every Friday, every Friday at 9 a.m., uh, streaming live on Facebook, the Consumer Advice Series. And this is why we call it a series and not just one and done. Uh, today is basically just Migraines 101, but over the the next uh, several weeks, we are going to be getting into the the nuts and bolts of of what a migraine is. And now, it is a migraine. These are it's it's a disease. You've you've mentioned that um, it's recurring. Is it possible to get rid of migraines permanently? So I would say that. Getting rid of a migraine permanently is, is most likely not on the table if you're dealing with somebody who has a true migraine disorder. And I just say that, uh, reiterate that, because a lot of people um, that have been told they have migraines actually don't have them. They have tension type headaches, which is great. I mean, those are really easy to fix. But if you have migraines, unfortunately, you're probably a female and it's going to affect you predominantly from the you know your young teenage years all the way to your late adult years. And so really the most productive years of your life um, are most likely going to be trouble with migraine pain. And now there are a lot of great therapies and treatments that we do that can reduce the burden so that people can get out there and work and live productive lives with, with minimal side effects. Um, but unfortunately, no, it's, it's not something that can ever be cured. It will get better as as the female usually ages um, and, you know, hormonal changes and things like that take place. But during the productive years, usually not. It's all about mitigation and treatment. And, and so just keeping the, the amount of attacks 
down and keeping the uh, the symptoms to a minimum. Exactly. Let's talk about uh, migraines versus other uh, head pain disorders. Uh, are there similar uh, head pain disorders that you may think you're having a migraine, but uh, it, it could be something else? Yes, yes. And that's what I've kind of alluded to previously is that a lot of times people, I would say most commonly are having a tension type headache. And so what that means is that you have you know too much tension in your neck and that tension actually just irritates the nerves that are responsible for, for head pain. And so this is the most common headache disorder. Actually, it's, it's a secondary disorder because it's secondary to neck tension. It's about 60% you know, of all head pain events are neck tension. And so the big difference there is that you're usually going to feel that your neck is tight. And you're going to feel that you have discomfort in the base of the skull. And it's usually going to start there and then go up and maybe wrap. And it can switch sides. It's not pulsatile. It's it's not as severe in nature. And it is um, a lot easier to treat. And so those are really the two big ones. People usually either have, have the tension type or they have migraine. So, But they look very similar to the untrained eye. Dr. Joseph Adams, the foremost expert on migraines right here in Mansfield. Uh, Dr. Joe, if someone had some more questions about uh, about migraines, how can they get in touch with you? Easiest way to find us is on calibrationchiropractic.com. And if you search for us, there's many ways that you can get in touch with us if you have questions. That's Dr. Joseph Adams. We will see you again next week, Friday, 9 a.m., streaming right here live on Facebook. If you missed the live stream, you can always find us on YouTube. We've uh, posted the video also on on LinkedIn, and uh, we'll do it again next Friday. Thanks for being here. In the studio today, uh, some of my guests will be on Zoom. Some of my uh, guests will be here in the studio. So in the studio today... Uh, he's over here on my shoulder, uh, just over my left shoulder, is Philip Washington, Jr. By the way, this episode is brought to you by Stonehill Wealth Management, and we welcome Philip Washington, Jr. Welcome to the uh, the About Mansfield Consumer Advice Series. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And let's get into, uh, first of all, because this is the the first of our series together, let's... Um, Let's introduce yourself. What is your background and uh, why are you qualified to be a, a wealth manager? Uh, uh, that's a good question. What qualifies anybody? Uh, <laughs> so I, I am uh, the founder and chief investment officer of Stonehill Wealth Management. So since it's my company, I get to be the wealth manager. Uh, benefits of owning the company. Which which makes you qualify. Which makes me qualify. <laughs> and I'm also the host of Wealth Building Made Simple podcast on every major platform, and I've been in the industry for 16 years now. So, I Which am. happens to be recorded and produced right here Absolutely. At, at Podcast Mansfield Recording Absolutely. Studio. The best recording studio in the world now. We, right. move, we move from Texas to the U.S. to the world now. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So. All right. So this is, uh, let's let's get into it. It's topsy-turvy financial market lately. Uh, the question, you know, should I buy? Should I sell? Should I just liquidate everything and move to Puerto Rico? Um, why is the market falling so much? Yeah. So on the podcast episode we we just recorded uh, for Wealth Building Made Simple uh, that's releasing later on today, I, I went into the different factors that impact return and one of the factors being money supply. So all things being equal, um, money supply affects returns. And so what uh, began happening 
uh, you know, late last year, fall last year, was money began to tighten. Um, and then the Fed followed through and said, hey, we're going to tighten money. And what and what does tighten money mean? They uh, are no they are going to begin to suck money out of the system. And to keep things simple, I won't go into how that happens because that will be a whole brain drain. Again, wealth building made simple. I go into all that a lot. But they're pulling money out of the system and they're telegraphing to the market. We plan to continue to pull money uh, out of the system. Uh um, and so that causes asset prices to uh, to to go down again. All other things being equal, uh, people might say, "Why would they do that?" Well, when they're worried about inflation, um, consumer price inflation, uh, they want to put out the fire, which means they begin taking money out of the system so people can stop speculating on um, you know assets, different goods and services, things that are causing the inflation. Sure. And so, what happens if the Feds don't stop the money supply? Yeah, so here's the interesting part about our financial system. Let's say they never support it, right? Then you you can pretty much talk to anybody who understands uh, economics and everything well, and literally the system will will, will blow up because if you if if you look at the, what the system is built on, which is debt, you have you have big companies and small companies that have borrowed money based on collateral. So let's use a simple simple math. Let's say let's say your your business is worth a million dollars. Let's say the bank allowed you to borrow half a million dollars against your million dollar business, but and and they, and they have a minimum required of collateral you have to have in order to keep the loan open. So let's say your business value drops to some number that drops you below, you know, let's say it drops to five hundred thousand. Just making up a number. Then they say, okay, listen, you no longer have collateral to set the, you know, to to support the loan, and so we need you to put up put up more collateral, right? But everything else in your balance sheet went down too. And you don't have a lot of cash, right? Because the system is built, people don't have a lot of cash when it's not earning much and they use debt to grow. And so that kind of trickles, right? Because then any cash you do have, you have to sell assets to convert it to cash, which further drops asset prices. And it's like a domino effect in the whole system. And so eventually people aren't able to pay back their loans. They file bankruptcy, they lay off people, they, and it just, the system literally like blows up. And this is like around the world. This is not even factoring the derivatives that we have, <laughs> the, uh, all these other different created contracts that, that have a lot of embedded leverage. These, these are, these are the, uh, I mean, entitlements factor this, things that we promised, the benefits we promised people. Yeah. There's a shortage of dollars in the system because real money is credit and there's way too much credit. And so if they don't support it, the system blows up. How do how do investors protect themselves? <laughs> Good question. Good. That's question. why I'm the host. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm a huge believer in diversification, and again, referring back to the podcast we recorded uh, today earlier, I talk about the the time tested way. Right. I like to look at time tested wisdom that was not given by a guru of this age. I like to look at gurus of multiple ages and wisdom that goes through and is truthful. You know, not just a decade ago, but 100 years ago, 200 years ago, 500 years ago, 1,000 years ago. The further back I can go and find useful advice, uh, the better. So, you know, one of the old school um, Ecclesiastes 11.7 from the Bible, a very old uh, text. It says, a spread of money in seven different places, maybe eight. You never know what calamity might come upon the land. So diversification is the one place that you could uh, do to protect and grow your money. And uh, 
I don't, you know, I, I, I talk about four buckets of assets you can invest your money into, and I won't go into that. It's on my pre, it's on my episode, uh, the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast episode. But one bucket specifically is a bucket that we use for if a system blows up, right? So if if you look at when the dollar system, you know, uh, changed from the system we set up in 1945, Bretton Woods, to 1971 when we delinked uh, money from gold, and we had the 70s inflation. That was an inflationary bust when that system blew up. And a new system emerged. And when the system was blowing up, gold, like stocks were did, didn't do well. Bonds didn't do well. If you had cash, you you lost purchasing power relative to things you wanted to purchase. So that, that wasn't a good look. It really, the only thing that did well in that period was gold. Because gold is a fixed, scarce asset that is, that's for thousands of years been what people move their money to when a currency blows up. And currencies historically always blow up. Um, you fast forward to today. So you say, okay, how do I pick my money? Well, you want to have in your portfolio something like gold and or gold, right? So gold is cool. It's historically good. But this is why you have the millennials and the tech generation saying, oh, okay, now what's better than gold? <laughs> Bitcoin, a scarce asset uh, that is a part of the portfolio, because what we learned in the past about gold was they can confiscate your gold. <laughs> you know, if the government wants to keep the Ponzi scheme going, they can they can confiscate your gold, uh, and and if you have a hundred million dollars worth of gold, I mean it's really hard to keep that protected. But if you have a hundred million dollars worth of Bitcoin, you can keep that protected in your head and or on a small device. And so you hundred million dollars of gold, you need a pretty big shed. You need a huge. I mean, yeah, very big shed. <laughs> Side note: That's how Wells Fargo built their business, transporting gold from the you know to the west. Yeah, you know, for people. But I I uh, I, I uh. I digress, but yeah. So gold, Bitcoin, um, you know, those are those are really good assets to uh, protect your money, and it, it depends on your risk tolerance, right? Because gold is less volatile than Bitcoin, you know. So if you want to try to make a lot of money, uh, potential money, uh, if this were the case, right? Gold, you know, the more Bitcoin you owe, uh, own, the better the potential return, right? Nothing's guaranteed, right? But diversification works. And these are asset classes that are insurance from a inflationary bust, which is a possibility, but I don't think they're going to allow that to happen. So in a nutshell, diversity is good. Diversification is the most amazing invention for investing ever invented. If anyone had any questions about uh, investing or or really how to get started if you're if you're young i've got some uh, some dollars to invest if someone has some uh, some questions about your service at uh, stonehill wealth management how can they get a hold of you you know the best way is just to go to stonehillwealthmanagement.com that's stonehillwealthmanagement.com from there you can access all the information about our company you can access the podcast um, you can book a time for a consultation uh, stonehillwealthmanagement.com Philip Washington Jr., he is a wealth advisor. This is the first of many, many, many uh, consumer advice series episodes that he and I are going to be doing together every Friday, streaming live on Facebook. If you missed the stream, you can watch it here on Facebook. You can go to YouTube. You can go to LinkedIn. If you want to hear the just the audio version, these uh, episodes will be released as podcasts. Philip, have a great weekend, and uh, we'll see you. Um, we'll see you next Friday. See you next Friday. Thanks. It's January, and you know what January means. Uh, it's not only a new year, and it's time to join the gym and uh, and and take care of those New Year's resolutions. Nah, no, 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 no. January is the start of tax season. 
And so for the next several weeks, right here, 12 noon every Friday, streaming live on Facebook, we are going to be talking with tax manager from Jack Lotterman CPA PC, which by the way, this episode is brought to you by Jack Lotterman CPA PC. Uh, let's welcome Adam Cohen to, um, to About Mansfield. Adam? How are you doing, Steve? It's good to talk with you. Absolutely. Thanks. Uh, thanks for being here. And uh, first of all, let's since this is the first episode of of, of our series that we're going to be doing, why don't we uh, why don't we take about uh, um, thirty seconds or a minute to to introduce yourself and and what you do for uh, Jack Lauderman CPA? Sure. So uh, I have been in this industry for fourteen, almost fifteen years, and I started out actually working in tax uh, law firms. So I was working for tax attorneys dealing with complicated uh, tax issues, fixing those. So I approached it kind of from a different perspective than somebody who came out of, you know, maybe a big four situation. I come from it from a, how do you, how do you stay out of trouble? Where are the landmines and what are the most common ones? So that's transitioned into, I ran my own firm for a long time. I sold that and I went into uh, working for Jack as his manager for tax and Anything under the sun that deals with tax, that's under my purview, and that's what I, that's what I enjoy doing. And as I mentioned at the top, it is January. January marks the beginning of of tax season, and it is seems a little weird, but it, it a lot of it's COVID related. That there are actually some people out there that have not received their twenty twenty one, meaning their taxes that they filed for year twenty twenty. They've not received their 2021 tax uh, uh, tax refund, and um, what can consumers do about that if they, if they fall into that category? Yeah, and, and and believe me, we still have a lot of clients that are in the same boat. Uh, there, there's a couple of factors that that went into this. And number one was if you had a large refund, anything over about ten thousand dollars, automatically it was going to get hold, uh, held up. And so we're still waiting on paper checks for those people, unfortunately. Uh, the other side of it was anyone who had a uh, a stimulus payment that they received throughout the year that they maybe either didn't claim correctly or they uh, there was some question as to whether it was correct. That has delayed things because the IRS is verifying whether those are right. And then lastly, was there were some new procedures put in place to verify identities to make sure that people weren't getting their refunds stolen. All three of those things have slowed things down. Um, if you have filed and you're still waiting and you haven't received a letter, it is worth trying to get on the phone if you can get through. But I will forewarn you, it's a three, four, five hour process right now. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Amended returns, normally 16 weeks for processing. We're looking at 24 to 30 weeks. So hang in there, but go ahead and, and plan to file your next year's return, regardless. You mentioned the stimulus checks. So that yeah. has to be declared as income and you're going to pay tax on it? Not necessarily, but you do have to reconcile it on your return. Okay. Uh, yeah, you've got to report it, but just because you're reporting it doesn't mean you're paying tax on it. And does that same apply to small businesses? Uh, got the 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 idle loans, and I guess this. Well, those I don't know. Are they are they payments? Are they gifts? Are what? it's it's a non tax. Well, it depends. Okay, so the, there is a grant portion of the idle loans. It's a non taxable grant. The idle loans, of course, are loans. So you're repaying. Uh, and so to the extent that they were forgiven, 
no tax. Uh, there is a there is a component of that in your accounting that has to be handled and on your tax return, but no tax to on that. But the advanced child tax credit is one that uh, people started getting through the second half of the year. And if you got those, you're going to have to reconcile that just like you did with your stimulus checks. And if they're not right, it's going to cause another one of these delays. And let's go back to those delays. So so your yeah. 2020 return has uh, still not been processed. Um, should you wait to file your 2021 return and wait until your 2020 has been processed? You know, the, the, the inclination I have is to say, no, don't wait to file. However, I would say it's worth having a conversation with whoever is uh, your professional about what may be the reason that the delay is happening. How long have you been waiting? And is there a letter out there that you've missed? And if those are the, you know, uh, those factors are all addressed, then it might be you go ahead and you file as you normally would. But there may be a, a, a couple of situations where you might want to delay or either file an extension or wait until later in the in this part of the year. So and closer to April. This also applies not only to businesses, but it, it applies to both the, the, the consumer and to business owners. Yes, but I would say that by and large, we haven't seen the delays on the business side like we have on the 1040, the personal side. Okay. And how long are the delays? Massive. <laughs> well, I can tell you as somebody who has to fix tax problems and send send things into the IRS, I have repeatedly sent the same letter uh, maybe six or seven times on one client and not received any kind of response. And so we're talking six months oh, in wow. some cases. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And keeping in mind that the the IRS does not make phone calls. You are not going to receive a right. phone call from the IRS. Right. That's right. You're gonna you're gonna get a letter if you get anything. Uh, the only other type of thing you'd ever get is a knock on the door, but they're really not doing that right now because of COVID. Have you seen? Uh, I, I have you seen that actually happen? Where, uh, where? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They they come out and they knock on your door. Yeah. Now, if they if they come knock on your door and they say hi, I'm from the IRS, they're going to hand you a card and a letter. Uh, telling you why they're there, and uh, they'll they, sometimes they come to your office, sometimes they come to your home. Um, but like I said, right now they they're really uh, slow to contact that way. They're, they'd rather send you a letter. So again, to to recap, if your 2020 return, which you filed in 2021, mm -hmm. has not been processed, contact the IRS. Attempt to contact the IRS, which is a uh, several hour process which is a several hour process by phone, go online to their website, irs.gov, establish yourself an online account. You can, you can view your account through their website. You do have to have a copy of your prior year return, but that's another step you can take to see if maybe they have tried to communicate with you there. And in the meantime, go ahead and file your 2021 returns. Plan to, yeah. Plan to, which are filed right here in 2022. Mm-hmm. If any consumers out there had uh, had some more questions about uh, filing their taxes, uh, whether it's the 2020 uh, uh, unprocessed, the 2021 taxes, which are uh, are going to be filed here in 22, if someone had more uh, uh, more questions, how can they reach out to Adam Cohen? Yeah, you can you can call me directly. Uh, the office number here is eight one seven two three one zero six six six. 
Again, 2310666. It sounds like tax devils. I promise you we're good. <laughs> so we're uh, that's the easiest way, or you can go on our website, which is uh, jacklotterymancpa.com. And we're uh, we're full service. We do everything from accounting to tax to tax planning and fractional CFO work for our larger clients and all that kind of stuff that we enjoy doing. We're having a lot of fun doing it. Adam, this is just the beginning. Welcome to, again, the very first uh, Consumer Advice Series. And we're going to be doing this live on Facebook every Friday at 12 noon. Appreciate you, uh, uh, you as the viewer, as the listener uh, for tuning in. And Adam, uh, have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. You too, Steve. Appreciate you.